Hi everyone, this is Scott Lutz, and today um, I'm going to be reading Matthew chapter 16. We will be reading the whole uh, chapter as usual. But before I do, um, I just want to say there's a lot big puzzle why God is allowing this um, crisis to happen and to continue. There are several reasons. One, the main one, is that he wants us to look at him instead of TV preachers, instead of other the government blaming um, whatever uh, we are doing and start looking at him. He is the great healer. He's the one that can stop this virus from hap- from continuing. But we also need to continue to follow the rules that people have put in place, the quarantine rules to keep the disease or this virus from spreading any further. Second of all, God is opening a door to new form of evangelism, which people have been trying to do for a long time. Some churches are already doing it and getting it and understanding it. Sorry, my dog is being noisy. Um, Some of us have already been doing the online evangelism, but there have been a lot of pastors who refuse to do it. So what God is doing with the church is he is simply used, uh, making us use the, new, the modern technologies to spread the gospel. More people spend time online than anywhere else these days. They don't watch as much TV anymore. They don't um, do a lot of things anymore. And they spend a lot of time more on their phone than uh, looking stuff up on the internet. Well, it's an evangelism tool. We can use the internet now to spread the gospel. And like I said, some churches are already doing it. But some churches still need that little nudge. So that's one, another reason why God is doing this. Because he's taking, bringing the church back to evangelism. And less of a place where we're safe within the walls and um, we're uh, just using it as a place to hang out with friends and, and so forth. Jesus, want, God wants us to use the church for evangelism. So he's modernizing that tool of evangelism through this. Through this. I guarantee you that the church... And everyone else will never be the same. And lastly, I really think that this is a time where Christians need to get together. We need to to focus on Jesus, focus on what we have in common, which is Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stop looking at the church building as the church and look at... um, Look at us as uh, the people, as the church. And I think that's what's going on, personally. What God's trying to do. That's one thing I'm thinking about. And I just want, I just think it's a good idea to, for all of us to reflect. And be thankful that we live in a country that allows us to go to church. 
that allows us to worship God. Because if this country became a socialist country or if this country um, changed its constitution in any shape or form, we can lose that right to go to church. And maybe overall that's really what God's doing. He's trying to show us how lucky, how good we actually have it as Christians instead of making us say, oh, woe is me, we can't go to church. He's trying to get to let us know that we are so lucky and so fortunate to live in a country where we can go and worship God. And maybe, because I always said, the one thing that will bring America back to church, that will bring revival, is for us to lose our freedom to go. So, we're seeing that right now. A small taste of it. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Let's get to the scripture. Matthew chapter 16, 1 one through, um, let's see, one through 28. So let's go ahead and read the scripture. The demand for a sign. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say, I will, it will be fair weather. For today is the, is, the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. The Yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Where of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I will not was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but you against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Peter's Confession of Christ When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah and one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by the, my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Jesus predicts his death. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. At the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, that he must be killed on the third day, be raised to life. Peter took him aside and again and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get back behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be done for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So that's all I have for you today for the NIV version of the of the Bible reading. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for everything you've done. I just pray that you heal those who are in need of healing of this virus. I pray that you, Lord, will use this as an opportunity to bring revival to this nation, Lord. Heal this nation, Lord. Do miracles that only can be explained that you did them, Lord. I ask this in your precious name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.